Hello, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty. I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher, tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Jeff. What's up? Howdy doody. <laughs> I'm going to keep keep it alive. that dead mat for a long time. <laughs> What's up? It's, gonna, it's just funny. It's funny to me. See, you're laughing. We should just, I'm just, just need to change it in the script here. It says, hey, guys. That's true. So, <laughs> Which he does that, too. That's true. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. This is Matt. <laughs> we could go uh, like Delilah style. <laughs> I was just thinking that. <laughs> this is Matthew. <laughs> do, do, do. Welcome if you don't know the, what we're talking about, holiday don't worry about it. Of? Yeah. yeah, we need a holiday version of this. Yeah. I, I wish I sounded like Nick Offerman, though, for that. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> that would be good. You could just read, like, uh, The Night Before Christmas. For real, yeah. Well, they have, uh, for him, several years, they've done, like, New Year's videos and... Or him uh, just sitting in front of the fire. Just sitting for an he hour. He just sits in front of the fire and drinks, like, Lagavulin. They have that now, but it's with Chucky. Oh, that's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on, like, Netflix or something, and I was like, no, pass. Yeah, no, pass on that. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for joining us this week, and yeah. uh, I could use some some hot pizza this week. So. I'm gonna keep using Matt's "What's up" until I come up with my own. I don't I don't have a thing. Like, what am I supposed to say? Greetings and salutations. <laughs> I was trying to think of some alternatives. Just start doing other languages. Howdy. Like when you turn on your phone and it's like bonjour. All right. <laughs> nah. Bonjourno. <laughs> Bonjourno. There you go. You can do I'll that now with that. your current stash. That's true. My stash. Bonjourno. Well, you have usually like the nonverbal Sam Elliott like hat tip. That's true. I so. do. I usually do that. So there you go. <laughs> That'll work. You have a face for radio. All right. <laughs> uh, this week <laughs> we're titled uh, God with Us and Emmanuel from Hebrew. Or not from Hebrews. I need to get rid of that out of my script. Man, Hebrews, is, Hebrews was hard to get out of. Obviously, I used quite a bit of it yesterday. Yeah. Well. Why not? For good reason. Yeah. I mean, particularly from what we tackled uh, in Hebrews and so what we're doing with the God being here with us. I mean, that's. Yeah. We were pushing that so much with the sacrificial aspect. Yeah. Well, Hebrews. technically, we usually go back and do a like a review. Yeah. And so we didn't get to do that this year. So I figured I would go back to chapter one. Well, and I'll remind you guys, last year we didn't even step out for Advent. We just kept powering through Hebrews. Oh, yeah. Because it was this type it was of ba- Yeah, it was this. Yeah. When we started Hebrews last year, it was getting close to, we hadn't quite come into Advent yet. And and uh, I remember being like, this is, this is a 101 Christmas sermon. Yeah, so let's just power with it. Uh, but you launched this week from Luke chapter 2, verses 10 through 11, and really made two points. Uh, it, is everything that we're trying to tackle right now, and that's Christ's divinity, and so then the only fitting response is worship. Yep. So let's talk about that, uh, I guess, in reverse, maybe. Um, sometimes helpful. Paul does that a lot in his <laughs> um, his teachings. Yeah, that's true. If you work backwards, here, so let's start with worship, and we'll kind of move then to divinity. Sure. Um, so if you think about the, the nature of worship, that's what you were closing with. And, and that has been something that we've been tackling a lot lately, this this aspect specifically of joy, but there's also some fearless aspects that fit in worship. We need to not only think of worship as the singing, yep, 
there's all the cliches. Worship is what you do with your life. Follow, you know, these type of things. Yeah. But recognizing that, like, the fearlessness aspect seeps into worship, too, mm-hmm. is a big piece of what we're going to do with the series. Yeah, I think that um, we miss that often. We think that worship, what we've been taught in the big evangelical culture in which we live currently, that worship is something that we do during the song service on Sunday morning, or you go to a worship service, a worship event. Um, instead of understanding that worship is something you're doing all the time, mm-hmm. we're talking about this in my gospel at work class and your your work and how you work and the things that frustrate you at your work are all indications of worship like even how people uh listen yesterday yeah. during the sermon is an act of worship like how you engage with the songs and the liturgy how you engage with one another all parts of worship you're ascribing worth and value to certain things in your life you'll sacrifice for things that you care about so we got to get away from that idea that i'm entering into worship mm-hmm. or people will say holy spirit we invite you here you know <laughs> there's nothing wrong with praying for the holy spirit to you know work in a powerful way but sure. the holy spirit does what he wants yeah. he doesn't need an invitation and we are supposed to come worshiping to the gathering of the saints on sunday morning that's the that's the point of our liturgy is when we saw call to worship, it's mm-hmm. not the stage calling you guys into worship. Right. It's not uh us inviting the Holy Spirit into worship. It's our response to the Holy Spirit calling us to worship. Yeah. Like the call's gone out. It's us coming to the call. Yeah. And I we didn't get uh the time to dive into this yesterday, but if you break down this idea of worship being fearless uh, it, it takes me back to Hebrews that we have the um, right to come boldly before the throne of grace mm-hmm. uh, fearlessly yeah. because of the righteousness of Christ. This is not possible apart from Christmas, yeah, apart from point. the incarnation. So there's this, we come before the presence of God with boldness, not because our worship is perfect or we worked our way into a perfect standing, but because of the righteousness of Christ, his perfect life was all the time 24 7 and everything he did perfect worship and the big things that are recorded in the gospels and all those other things that the the gospels say if they were recounted the world wouldn't have enough books to hold all the wonderful things that he did all that stuff was worship before he entered into his public ministry it's perfect worship and so because of that we can be fearless before a holy god and I, I think that uh, we see, I mentioned this yesterday, we see our folks doing this on Sunday mornings and the singing of songs and the responding to the scripture read and the, the scripture preached is that they are banking everything on the promise of God. Mm-hmm. And that's what I said yesterday, the shepherds did. They, true worship takes action. Yeah. You know, it's not just a good feeling that I have or a, a good song that I sing or a, a moment where I feel like kind of, warm fuzzies or something it's in the obedience to god's word and so the the shepherds heard the message they acted on the instructions that were given Mm -hmm. bethlehem mary joseph baby in a manger that's where you're going to find him Mm -hmm. um act accordingly let's go do it yeah act accordingly let's go do it and so they did and then that response 
to seeing him, you can't just, uh, one commentator said, you can't just gaze upon the Christ child mm. and then go away unchanged. Yeah. Right? Like, how could you? Uh, if you can, if you do, it means your heart is dead. Mm. Right? So the, there's, there's two camps, right? There's those who are alive and those who are dead. Yeah. There's no third person here. People are always trying to make a third person, <laughs> right? Because yeah. they don't like the two options. Sure. Right? Yeah. So um, there is only one third person, the third person of the Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> that was a Jesus joke. That was a Jesus joke. But you you see that we, if we, when we trust in the promises of God, it, it makes us fearless in the face of of everything that we, we go through. You know, one of our members is... Um, not been promoted in his job because of his uh, beliefs, mm-hmm. right? Because of the gospel, because of his stand that Christ is Lord. And his boss literally sat across from him and said said that. They didn't yeah. give some random excuse. <laughs> they said it's because of your uh, beliefs. Yep. We're not going to promote you. Yeah. Right? So, and and that takes guts to not cave to that. Yes, it does. He, and he knew, because I, I've been counseling this person a little bit through this, because they've been recounting what's been going on. He knew it was coming, mm-hmm. right? And he could have really easily just kept his head low, yep. right? But when we bank everything on the promises of God and follow his, in, his clear instructions, then it, it makes us fearless in the face of having to lose your job. Mm-hmm. Or, like I mentioned, my wife's health. You know, we don't know why she's had these seizures, but we trust that the Lord knows we're going to do what we can. And then at the end of the day, he has a purpose for it. Right. Um, you know, when we speak the truth to people in the church and they pay our salaries, right. We bank everything on God says that, um, the truth is what sets you free. Mm -hmm. And so this person needs to hear the truth. And if I don't walk in accordance to the truth, God's not going to bless it anyway. So if I pull a punch that needs to be thrown, God's not going to bless this, yep. right? This person's going to continue to walk in unrepentant sin, and, and I'm going to be sinful for pulling the punch, mm-hmm. you know? So you, you see this just like um, this confidence and this steadiness. And it's not a recklessness, right? It's a calculated um, boldness that people have yeah. to say like, I, I know the one who knows the end from the beginning. He does all things well. What can man do to me? Amen. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of the <clears throat> challenges with that is that we have a bit too much of an eschatological view, like hopefully this brings glory to God and, and one day we'll see that versus, mm. no, this is me being obedient. Yeah. It's bringing glory to God now. Now, yeah. That's and, good. And you can, you can bank on that too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... There's that's the the wonderful thing about it is that there's no wondering, you know. Yeah, and so what this member who hasn't been promoted, um, what he's done matters for the kingdom now. Now, and it will it from this point will last for eternity, yeah. and it will have ramifications, implications in the new heavens and the new earth, mm-hmm. right? So yeah, it's it's not. And it's not something that God's just going to look at him and say, hey, nice job, right? Like, it's going to matter yeah, in yeah. a way that we don't have time to get into right now, uh, but it, it matters. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. Uh, I would like to dive into some more of that, but we'll probably save it for this week's sermon. Um, I was really trying hard not to get into sovereignty a couple of times. Like, Matt was like, that's next week. Don't get into it. I was like, okay. 
Yeah, it's okay. Well, it's a big giant Venn diagram. Um, so in this aspect of fearlessness and more, um, it is a future thing for sure, but it's also a current thing. So what is it about, you know, life, our, our sin, our struggles that takes that current joy, which is done by faith. Let's, let's, let's not forget yeah. that. The reason it's yeah. hard to see that, uh, glory to God now is because it's a faith act. Yeah. Right. Um, but what are some other things that obscure that faith now that can rob fearlessness that can, uh, rob joy? Yeah. Yeah. Cause this fearlessness needs to be done in joy. I can fight. You know, I wanted to add that I can fight all day long, but I want to be like, um, Polynikes is this, um, was a Spartan and he fought the battle of Thermopylae, legendary, you know, knight of, uh, the king. And there's this story of him being out in the fray, just slashing and just doing work bloody from head to toe. And he turns around with a grin on his face and says, I love my job. (laughs) And, and, uh, and what the author of this book I was reading about him, uh, says is, he, what he loved was his country. What he loved was his family, his king, what they stood for. And yeah. and so defending that and doing what he had trained for and what he felt the gods had given him the gifts to do sure. brought him joy. It's like Eric Little, yeah. right? Eric Little said, when I run, <laughs> I feel his pleasure, right? Yeah. There is joy there. Versus, if you watch the great movie, Chariots of Fire, versus... Harold, Harold um, Abrams, uh, who's a Jewish man, who it's a it's an amazing picture of grace and law, right? Mm. Um, because he runs to prove himself, okay. and he can just and even though he actually career wise is is like does better um, than Eric Little, uh-huh. he is envious and angry at Little's joy because huh. Eric Little can take it or leave it, right? Yeah. And the famous story of Eric Little is he doesn't run on Sundays. So he chooses not to do that, and he, he has to forfeit his main race um, because he chooses not to run on Sunday. Wow. And then ends up running a different race that he's not quite prepared for, a longer distance that actually wins. <laughs> you know. But then he gives all that up at the height of his career to go be a missionary in China and ends up dying in a concentration camp. Mm. right? And Abrams is like, just pulls his hair out at this man because he's so talented, and yet he can give it up. Yeah. Right. So when we, when we run, when we fight, we are fearless and we can, we can take the world or leave it. It doesn't matter because we have treasures that, that, um, the world has no idea of. And when we fight and when we run, it brings God joy and pleasure. So it should bring us joy and pleasure. Right. Mm -hmm. But the things that rob us of that joy, and there's several things. One thing I think of is unconfessed sin. You know, um, the other night I was tucking the boys in and, uh, Judah said, dad, I need to confess to you three sins, you know? And, um, <laughs> he's very pious, uh, which I appreciate in, in some ways. Um, but you know, in the big scheme of things, they weren't, they weren't huge, but they were, they were sins and he confessed <laughs> them sensitive to that, yeah. and he was sensitive to that. And, um, and it had a bearing on his mood and his joy. Sure. Right, so confess your sins. Um, if we are faithful, if, if we are um, confess our sins, He is faithful mm-hmm. and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you could say, 
sin, of course, obviously is the thing that robs us of our joy. I think certain sins, not all sin is going to rob you of joy, but certain sins, maybe more than others, you know, I think of the sin of bitterness. Oh, sure. You know, where, you know, I've known people who have literally hardened, even physically. Yeah. Right? Um, Riddled with cancer. That wasn't there a year ago and died and some of the most bitter people I know you know it's interesting when it comes to bitterness bitterness is um, the drip of bitterness is unforgiveness and so often you see circumstances like kids who are bitter at their parents yeah or at an abuser and and you understand the pain mm-hmm. and you understand the reason why but the bitterness is uh, is eating them alive, and it's weird because you end up becoming the things you hate. Yep. Right, like it's a it's a strange thing. Well, I think that's true with sin in general. It's true. Yeah. Um, you become like the gods. Yeah. Yeah, but that you worship. There is a, a seemingly unique aspect with bitterness because it's so long. Yeah. You know, in the in the tooth. Yeah. Yeah, it's a weird thing that you become like the things you hate, and you you gotta realize that forgiveness. Uh, and lack of bitterness and freedom from bitterness is not for that person. It's for you, yeah. ultimately, right? So that you can walk in freedom from that. Mm-hmm. And Jesus mm-hmm. died for the sins committed against you, yeah. you know, by those people. So bitterness is one of those things. I've been thinking about that lately, um, observing some, some folks I know and watching them kind of walk into bitterness and unforgiveness and talking to them about that. But sometimes, sometimes it's hard for them to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you had mentioned earlier when we were discussing this unmet expectations. Yeah, you know, can really crush our joy. Or this is a great season to consider that one too. This is true. <laughs> I was thinking about, um, you know, what my expectations are in this, you know, new house for us, and yeah. how it compares to the past, and looking at my Christmas bush. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you should explain that. <laughs> Rusty got this. The guys on our. <laughs> our our uh, communication platform we're all sharing pictures of their christmas trees you know and we're seeking to be jolly this year it's share the and rusty shares this giant <laughs> thing like this giant you guys all had thing. your like pinterest you know <laughs> perfect you know color matching talking about you know what the cover is at the bottom thing and what's I, the giant in uh prince's bride Oh, Andre? That's what your that's yeah. what your tree looks like. It does. It's the tree version of Andre the Giant. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh <laughs> this, when you look at the picture, the star is like to the right because there's no middle There's no true like middle. There's no true middle. It's just like there. <laughs> it's super asymmetric. We saw it yeah. up on the hill and it was exactly like Christmas vacation. Okay. And the light came down and you're like, <laughs> This is the the Johnson family Christmas tree. So yeah. Then what got really bad was that the It's like Charlie Brown's Christmas tree on steroids. It is. Yeah, if if Charlie Brown's tree is allowed to grow <laughs> in many directions. Um the bottom is like swooped. So trying to get it in the stand was a nightmare. So we had some, you know, blessed Christmas conversation while we were doing that. It literally it, looks like a giant bush. It didn't fit through the baler. <laughs> <laughs> Did they wonder why you wanted it? We Well, they they appreciated us getting it because it's one of those ones that no one's going to get. Oh, I'm get, sure. You know? like, so I'm like, we're going to throw this one on the fire. This fits me. Like, this, well, is, this is my it looks. It looks kind of like you. Yeah, <laughs> Being of Andre the Giant, it's yeah. just a big, no, giant huge. tree. 
So we, we, t- we thought about trimming it up a little bit, but it's kind of fun. Yeah, if you love it, awesome. It'll hold more presence than all the rest of you guys. That's streets. true. So there's that. That's true. And if you're one of those people <laughs> that set them on fire after oh, yeah. it's over, then it's going to oh, go I'm up. Jazzed. That's yeah, it's going to go up. <laughs> I'm going to light it with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> Route four, there's just this giant plume of smoke. <laughs> That'll be us. Burning his tree. (laughs) Yeah. Unmet expectations. That's funny because, you know, you have expectations for what Christmas is supposed to look like. Exactly. You know, uh, your kids are going to have expectations for what they're going to get. You you think about them. You think about, you know, what our wives are putting on themselves that we wouldn't want them to. Yeah. It's not necessary. You think about our expectations of gifts. You know, they open them. They're like, awesome. And they throw it behind their back what's next you know so those kinds of things we hang on other people or we hang on ourselves and there's no law for that Mm. but that can that can rob our joy and it's not that we shouldn't enjoy those things we're going to talk about that even this sunday um is that we should enjoy all of the trappings of christmas like oh yeah we can indulge in these things yes uh but recognizing where it comes from and why we can have joy in it is is a hundred percent where where it's at, and and what are you seeking uh, to find in those things? Yeah, exactly. right. What, what what void is there that you're trying to fill? And as you said, it's not wrong to have the special moments. You should. There was a a big part of the sermon yesterday that I that I left out because uh, it didn't quite fit. But the the the, um, the deity of Jesus in in uh, human form um, makes everything around us sacred right the, the things that we touch yes. and we've we've separated wrongfully separated the physical and the spiritual right and so in fudge and pudding yep. and chocolate candies and hot cocoa and you know christmas lights and songs and mm-hmm. presents that's how we worship yep all of those things the problem is is that we go to those looking for validation exactly as a wife as a husband as a right. mother Right, so you have a hot cocoa night find it. of singing carols with your kids, and if if your joy isn't in set in Christ, mm-hmm. and these things are are things that we can delight and joy in because they are good gifts from Him, and we we use these things in an, in an act of worship. Mm-hmm. If you don't do that, then once the lights are done and the cocoa is cold. That's that's what you had. You had yeah. the experience, and that's why you have to go out and find something else. That's why our culture, you know, after Christmas Day, everybody's all discouraged, yeah. right? And then what does our world do? The, the world, you go to the the store, and they got the the um, oh, what's the hearts? Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. They got the Valentine's Day stuff out, right? And then we're on to the next thing because we always have to have something, yeah, right? Um, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's a huge one. Um, yeah. But another thing that'll rob uh, joy, and we're gonna try to blitz through this one. Yeah. I think is uh, is idleness, and mm. I'm thinking of like you're not going to reap if you don't sow. I mean, the law yeah. of reaping and sowing is a thing. Yeah. We usually use it on the side of like, well, you sowed crap, so <laughs> that's right. what you reap. Um, but there's the aspect of like not scattering the seed not investing not not putting down the work yeah we're not going to get anything there's going to be no joy to be found yeah if you're not doing that which you've been called to yeah or kind of like i said yesterday when the 
the shepherds said, let us go quickly mm-hmm. and see this thing that the Lord has made known to us, there's a, there's a principle of seeking and finding, right? So you have to, you can't sit around and desire holiness. You can't sit around and desire Christ-likeness. You have to pursue it, yeah. right? So yeah, there's, there's things that need to be do, done and, um, and you're sitting around not sowing the seed or going and doing the seeking. And so you're, you're lacking purpose. You're lacking yeah. joy, right? That's just the, that, that January lull. Yeah. And before we move on, I should say too, when you, when you feel a lack of joy, um, a good place to start is have you gotten enough sleep, <laughs> right? Bro. What, what are you eating like crap? Yeah. Right. Like don't demonize everything, but, but then you do need to, to walk through and, and figure out where your joy is rooted because so, so often, especially in times of celebration like this, special holidays, we look to certain experiences and, um, if those aren't rooted in Christ, then that's all they are. They're just experiences. Yeah. Um, I think you have to to build joy. You also, you've said this, you, you can't just love Jesus, but you got to love the things that he loves. Yeah, that was a thing for me in my journey of joy. I, I don't know when it was. I should remember the year. I used to refer to it as how many years ago it was. But that keeps changing. Um I was really struggling with joy. Joy for me was like icing on the cake. Yeah. It wasn't the, the necessary structural part. It was if I could get it, awesome. If not, I'm still going to do my duty. Um, but the aspect of like, well, I just need more Jesus. I need to do it more spiritually. I need to do it more, more Jesus-y. Right. And, you, know, you can't more do Jesus-y. that. That's not, that's not the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we recognize that we are in Christ, first of all. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've got all the Jesus that we need. Yeah. So now what, what, what happens if you've got all the Jesus that you need, but you're still not joyful? Mm. Well, are you loving the things that Jesus loves? That's good. That changes all the direction. Yeah, that's good. So in that aspect of, uh, sustaining, we move into this component. Um, this drops into the divinity, uh, part of your sermon. So as we work backwards, this is kind of where you started. Excuse me. We're, I'm sick. Uh, so you said that uh, inside of the main point of Christ the sustainer, this also means that Jesus has authority over all the governance of all the affairs of history. Mm-hmm. And so in light of, you know, having bosses that would say, yeah, because of your beliefs, uh, no promotion for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in light of, you know, wicked rulers um, in our government, in light of wicked school systems that are not slowing down, and what they're teaching our kids. Yeah. How do we have joy and fearlessness inside of that? Yeah, I think a I don't want people to misunderstand and think that our our fearlessness is simply in the direction of well if if my boss says I'm not going to promote or I'm going to be fired because of my faith, then I know God will take care of me. That is certainly true, right? So I can lose my job or I cannot promote and I know that the Lord will sustain me. That, that is certainly true, but that's not all that um, the fearlessness that we have in Christ is. It also gives us fearlessness to be able to look at evil leaders because Christ um, dictates and has authority over all of those things and all of those rulers that we can look at them and hold them accountable to the king of kings standard and ultimately say, 
not now you think this is the way things are supposed to go, but God and his word determine how things are supposed to go. Yeah. And so we can look at them and hold them accountable to that. Uh, we have to look at our coworkers and even though they're non-believers and much of what we say is, is nonsense to them, right? Cause the Holy spirit hasn't enlightened them to it. We still should hold them to a biblical standard. Right. And so it's not simply, I don't have to worry because the Lord's going to take care of me. Like he's going to provide for me if I lose my job. That is true. But it's also the fearlessness to be able to look at a boss, um, to look at evil, tyrannical leaders in our government and say, no, this is wrong. We're going to hold you to the standard of the king of kings, right? And boldly make those proclamations. So that, that kind of fearlessness, again, though, can only be, can only be fostered and sustained in those who are stayed upon Jehovah, mm-hmm. right? That's my mom's favorite hymn. I stayed upon Jehovah, hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. There's only perfect peace and rest in the promises of God, right? So what God has promised is, I will never leave you, forsake you. I will provide for all of your needs, uh, not all of your wants. Mm-hmm. I will bless you often with beyond what you need. Say, martyrs are a real thing in the tr- but church history. They, they are, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give you what you need. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you your food. I'm going to give you your clothing. You're much more precious than sparrows and lilies of the field. Um, but I'm also going to give you the, the boldness and the courage, like the apostles standing before multiple, you know, um, councils of religious leaders and Kings of their day. These men, these illiterate fishermen stood before the most powerful men of their day and, and baffled them, brought them to nothing. Mm -hmm. Like I, I think of Paul, you know, Paul wasn't an illiterate fisherman, um, but it's funny that Paul, um, I can't remember exactly where it's at in Acts, but he leaves, he, he introduces one question and they all start fighting amongst themselves. Yeah. And it's just like this flex that Paul's like, Paul just has them like in his hand, right? Oh, he does that over, uh, the, of resurrection. That's what it is. Yeah. He, he, so he brings the debate of the resurrection yeah. and they disagree on it and they just all start fighting each other and forget <laughs> that he's there. Right. So God gives them the words to say in the moment and that's, so they bank everything on those promises and, and they're able to, um, be unstoppable. And, and I've said this over and over and over again, they didn't know what to do with these people. Yeah. Right. And the world shouldn't know what to do with us. I think one of the challenges for, uh, maybe not so much our people. I think though, I, if it's not a challenge for you, I want you to be aware of it and looking for it in the world. But I know that in the church at large, there's a sense that, well, Jesus is my savior now. Absolutely. Uh, we see that even mm-hmm. in Hebrew and his current ministrations of the covenant and the heavenlies. Yeah. I absolutely got that. He'll be king later, mm. right, when he comes back. He's king of my heart, for sure, right, because mm. I'm, ah, I'm, I'm a Christian. Right. But uh, in the world, he, he will be king, you know, in, in the revelations. Right. <laughs> but all that stuff happens. Yeah. No, he's king now. He's king now. He, he uh, I don't know if people caught what I said about Luke 4 and the temptation of Jesus. Right? Oh, yeah. That, that Jesus goes out in the wilderness, he's tempted by the devil, and people seem to think that Satan is just bluffing. Yeah. He actually doesn't have these things to give Jesus. That it's like, silly yeah, rabbit. Yeah, for kids. Exactly. Silly <laughs> rabbit. Like this, this is, you don't really have the, the um, authority over these things. You really yeah. can't give me these things. People think. They don't understand that. Obviously, God is sovereign. We'll talk about that next week. 
over these things, Satan doesn't have full reign outside of what God allows. But he really did have the power to give those things to Jesus. It was a real temptation. Mm -hmm. And yet Jesus comes and does what Adam should have done. See, Adam should have um, continued to exercise dominion, right, over all the earth. Well, he lost that. He abdicated that. So Jesus has to come, bind the strong man, and plunder his goods. Yeah. And so he does that. And and, um, then... He goes and puts a giant exclamation point on all of it by dying, coming back to life. So <laughs> he's king now. He's king now. Yes. Yeah. And all rulers and authorities should be held to that standard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and in light of Advent, too, recognizing that that king is with us. Mm-hmm. God with us. The king is with us. For a king to be with his people is one of the most treasured things. Yeah. Of all, and particularly when we look at Old Testament history of everything from Genesis driving towards the people needing a king. Yeah. And how here now we have the king and he's he's with us. Yeah, amen. That should change everything, right? There's no such thing as a fearful Christian then. No, and it doesn't mean you don't feel fear. Mm-hmm. That, that you can have feelings of fear. Yeah. Right? It, it's what you do with that. Does it rule you? Does it keep your mouth shut, right? Yeah. I, I, I quoted John Wayne yesterday, right? St. <laughs> John Wayne. Yep. Courage is being scared to death and saddling up anyway. Oh. That's the that's the bravest of people. Yeah. Like they, they know the danger. I know I could lose my job. Mm-hmm. I know I could get thrown into jail. I, I know that people are going to mock me for for the way I uh, train my children and discipline them or we happen to be homeschooling or my wife is a stay at home. You know, how often do we, how often when the world asks us questions about our faith, how often do people, and this will be a question for our folks, do you feel shame in your in your response to them? Or do you feel like you have to give like an excuse? Yeah. So, so for the ladies, right? We've been trained because of the evils of feminism in our culture that has um, um, demeaned the God-given role of women to feel like that you ladies have to feel like that you have to give an excuse for being a mother and a stay-at-home mom who is cultivating her, her children in her home. Yeah. Why should you be apologizing about that? The women who should be giving excuses is those who have not had children because they have chased a career or those who have are letting other people take care of their kids because they're chasing a career because they're living outside their means and they've bought into this stupid American dream, right? Th- those are the ones. Yep. Not you. Yeah. Right? Same Men, you shouldn't have to give excuses when you stand up boldly for your family Maybe even at the dinner table for Christmas dinner against, you know, uncle so-and-so who always gets a giant pass because he's the black sheep of the family and mom's afraid if we're too hard on him, he won't come back, right? Don't put up with that nonsense, yeah. like, right? And you might have to say, we're not going to do this. Don't, don't, you don't give excuses for that, right? He's the one that should be giving excuses for his behavior. Yeah, you treasure the things that Jesus treasures. Yes, you do. So, in boldness, go forth, and, but do it with joy. Right, love you in the midst of all the battle and all the fighting. Turn around with a giant grin and say, "I love my job." Love my job. Yeah. What was it that Jesus said when he went for the joy that was set before him? Uh He endured the cross. Yeah. Like Jesus was sorrowful on the cross, but he did not lose his joy Mm -hmm. on the cross, even in the midst of all that pain and sorrow. It's incredible. Right. And when he comes back to crush all of his enemies, finally, there's going to be a big grin on his face, Mm -hmm. and there should be one on ours too. Yeah. I stole that quote from C.S. Lewis you had yesterday. Courage is not simply one of the virtues, yeah. but the form of every virtue at the testing point. Yeah. Yeah. So we have ample ground to, to tackle those this season. Uh, and I would encourage you to be be mindful of that. Amen. Amen. So go out, 
Be jolly. This is good chocolate, by the way. Christmas chocolate. I like it. It's my Santa Hershey's. He's got a Santa on it, yeah. Good old St. Nick. They cheated on that one. The Yorks and the Reese's are in different shapes, and that one they're just like, yeah, we'll just use a different <laughs> stamp. Pretty good. <laughs> With that, go get some chocolate, indulge, enjoy. Everything has been made holy because you are in Christ. Amen. I want to encourage you guys to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. We'll see you next week. Thank you.